Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out the hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Open your Bibles again to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. And if you haven't downloaded the Bible app, we love for you to download that app. It's a free app. It's a great app. There's so many translations of it. There's devos. There's uh, the verse of the week. Uh, It's a powerful thing. And um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I I love what the Bible is doing. So I challenged my daughter in the beginning of January to read the Bible for 21 days. And she did just the verse of the day for 21 days. And I saw this transition in her, like this change in her, this maturity in her, to the point where on Wednesday she got baptized. And I even asked her, I was like, why are you getting, yeah, that's great. But like she didn't feel forced or compelled, like we didn't make her do it. We were like, why are you doing this? And she's like, because I did it when I was younger, but I don't think I took it serious. And I want people to know that what, who's living in me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, be cool, don't cry. You know, like it was just amazing. But we also have physical Bibles at the Welcome Center you can grab and they're free. You could take them home, especially if you don't own a Bible. Hey, if you're watching online, we're so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're watching in Milwaukee, in Two Rivers, even local, but also all over the world. And I'm so glad you guys are here as we conclude this series called Margins, where we've been talking about all month about how we need to make space and leave room for God to work in our lives. And in week one, Pastor Sean talked about the importance of having a Sabbath and how we need to make it a priority in our life, that it shouldn't be something that we hope we could do. It's something that we need to do. And then in week two, we talked about the day, and I was talking about how in the 24 hours that God has given us that we need to make the most of it. And how we make the most of it is by making sure that we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And can we do that every single day? And then last week, I talked about how making God first and making him a priority in our life will not only just transform us, but it will bless our secondary and it will reveal what's necessary. And today I want to talk about how we need to put our focus in margin with a message I'm calling the reset. Can we pray? Lord, thank you so much. Thank you that we serve a God whose name is worthy to be praised. Thank you that your name alone, Jesus, is powerful and that you never fail. You never give up. And Lord, that in all things we can seek you and we could go after you. And so Lord, I pray, Lord, as we go through this message today, Lord, that we as people would be real and honest with ourselves and say, is my focus in the right area? And if not, Lord, help me get it there. And again, like I say every week, I pray, Lord, that this message would not stay here, but also would not stay in us, but it would come out of us to the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew chapter 6, I'm only going to read a couple verses. I'm going to start in verse 21, and it says this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, 
Your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. I got to be honest with you. I've read this scripture, but sometimes I have skipped over verses 22 and 23. Because I get 21. Like 21 makes sense to me. You know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And then verse 24 makes sense. But verse 22 and 23, it didn't make sense to me. And in fact, there would be times when I read this scripture and I'd go, wait a minute, does this even belong in here? Does this like, was this like an accident? Did I get a typo in my Bible? Like it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm so glad that I really felt like God was like, no, I want you to study these verses because they're important and they make sense in the context of the scripture. So let's break that down real quick. Let's go to that first part again where it says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. See, the eye is like a window. It's a window that when we position it in the right way, we welcome in the light into our lives, into our, our bodies. But the same goes with if we don't have it that way, if we have either a healthy eye or an unhealthy eye. Now in context, especially with verse 21, where it says, where, the treas- where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It shows us it goes beyond treasures. It goes beyond money. It's our inner intentions. It's our energy. It's, it's what we devote our time to, our money to, our gifts to, our feelings to, our intellect to. So what are our eyes and our mind focused on? Do you guys remember that TV show, Monk? Like, I love that TV show. I know I'm, I'm showing my age again because for some of you who were born in the 2000s, you never heard of this show. Um, but they just like brought back like a TV movie and I looked at Shelby, I was like, I wanna watch that show again. So I am like re-watching it right now and I love it. It's like one of my favorite shows. And the show was a series about this man named Adrian Monk who is played by, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors to come out of Green Bay, Tony Shalhoub. And... <laughs> Okay, I'm glad everyone got that too. They're like, he came from Green Bay? Anyways, but he plays this San Francisco detective who also consults, he consults as this private detective because of some things that happen. I don't want to ruin the show for you, but he also has obsessive compulsive disorder. And so throughout this series, you'll see his focus when it's on the right things, he's able to solve some cases, but also he's distracted by other things. And he has this catchphrase he says through the show where especially when people are like kind of wowed by him, he's like, they're like, wow, that's really good. He goes, yes, it's a blessing and a curse. Like it was just a thing he said all the time. And it's true because you watch the show and you'll see that when he is focused on the right things, he solves the case. In fact, he's always like, when he has this look, he's like, I got it. And they're like, he got it. But when he's focused on the wrong things, in fact, He's let bad guys get away because something took his attention. There was an episode where he, was, he saw the bad guy and the police didn't. So he's chasing him. He's going after him. And he goes up a ladder, but he's afraid of ladders. And so he climbs up and then he gets scared. And the scene shows the bad guy just go down the stairs right next to him. He gets away because he was focused on the fear more than getting the bad guy. And I think like Monk, we can do that in our spiritual lives where we can we can have healthy eyes where they're generous and they're single-minded and they're, they're focused on the things that God has for us. But then sometimes they can shift away and become an unhealthy eye that is single-focused and selfish and, and, and we're not focused on the things God has for us. 
So how do we margin focus? How do we get to a position where we have that light of God flowing through us? Well, I think we have to have and make margin for a spiritual reset. And here's the definition. I love, I found this on Wiki. It's, it's not like a, a dictionary dic- definition, but I love the Wiki definition of reset. A reset clears any pending errors or events and brings a system to normal condition or initial state, usually in a controlled manner. So it takes this jumbled state and this, and this focus on other things and brings it back to order. So how do we do that in our lives? How do we have a spiritual reset where we bring things back to order in our lives? And I think for us, and I think one of the key things that will help with that is fasting. Now, fasting is something you'll see all throughout the Bible. In fact, they, I think fasting is brought up about 30 times in the Bible. And honestly, it looks like a common practice because when you see scripture talk about fasting, they'll say when they fasted or when you fast. It's just, it's, a, it's not a maybe, it's a when. It's just going to happen. It's a common practice. But this is different for us as Americans because studies show that only about 17% of believers actually practice fasting on a continual basis. The biggest reason being is we just don't know when or why or how we should fast. So I want to talk about that because I don't think as believers fasting should be something that we're intimidated by. Or fasting should be something that we, we keep until it's a corporate thing, but it should be a continual thing. Because it's really important when we have that spiritual reset and we're putting things back in order. So let's start with that first question. Why should we fast? I think there's three reasons why we should fast. Number one is this. Fasting connects us with God. It's a connection with God. It brings us to an intimacy with him. And I think that's why Jesus talks about fasting earlier in Matthew chapter 6, because he wants to make sure that our focus is in the right direction. So in verse 16 of chapter 6, he says, and when you fast. See right there, it's a common practice. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, Comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So he's saying fasting is an intimacy with God. It's an intimacy where we're connecting with God, where we're having one-on-one moments with God, where it's not just, okay, I'm going to connect with God when I'm at church or I'm going to connect with God with other believers, but I want to have one-on-one moments with God and fasting helps us with that. Fasting also brings direction from God. It'll help us on the path and direction he's calling to us. So when we're needing clarity or insight or direction, fasting can help with that. Because it reminds us of what Proverbs says, that when we trust with him with all our heart and don't lean on our own understandings, he will make our path straight. He wants a straight path for us, but for some, sometimes we don't know where or how that straight path is going to come up, and fasting will help us with that direction. And number three, fasting brings dependence on God. I love what Paul says in Philippians 4. He says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. 
And so Paul is showing us that we can have a dependence of God and God has more than enough to provide for all our needs so we can depend on him. He's not asking us to be independent for him. He wants us to be dependent on him. And fasting will remind us, God, I need more of you and less of me. And so now that we know the why we should fast, maybe let's go to the how. So if you're taking notes or if you have already, thank you. But there are three ways, I think, to have a spiritual reset. Three ways I think will help us with our focus, help us to margin going in the right direction and having the mind and the, and the direction that God has for us. And here are the three. Here's number one. Three ways to have a spiritual reset. One, we got to remove. Now, the reason I said spiritual reset and not fast is because I've looked through the scriptures and fasting really pertains to food. That's, you'll see that all the time. But you know, the reality is we live in an age where some of us, yes, food and fasting, that is important, but there's some other things in our lives that maybe we need to fast for a certain amount of time. Like we live in an age where we have everything at our fingertips, like everything. This is a, like a computer, a phone. It's everything we have. And it's great. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying to throw this away, but there might be times where we say, you know what? I am giving so much time and focus to this certain thing. Could be social media, could be streaming, could be certain apps or certain things that we just have to say, you know what? I need to remove that from a certain time of life. It might be a certain a place, it might be something. And so I think for us, sometimes removing is more than just food. But there's also times where we are maybe having some dependency issues, connection issues, some direction issues where we're going, God, I just need clarity. I need connection. I need understanding. I need dependence where food works. And I can tell you, me along with other believers, fasting does work. Fasting food, fasting specific foods, it does work. But either way, removal is the key to that spiritual reset. So we need to, need to remove something and it needs to be for a specific amount of time. And here's why I say that, is if we just go into fast and go, all right, I'm going to try this fasting thing and I'm going to go as long as, you know, I just kind of feel like I'm done. Sometimes you'll be done like by lunch. You'll just be honest. You'll be like, all right, I'm just going to feel it out. And then like an hour goes by and you're like, I'm done. I think this is good. And I think that's why when it comes to fasting and removing things that maybe we say, okay, I'm going to set a specific time and then I'm going to let someone know. Now I know you're going to go, but doesn't that go against like what Jesus said earlier? No, no, no. I think we need to find people and say, hey, I'm going to fast for this amount of time and I just want you to keep me accountable. But that's one thing. The other thing is while you're fasting, you're going, oh. You know, I'm fasting, right? Oh, it hurts. Oh, oh, I don't even know how I woke up this morning. That's what they're talking about. Like God doesn't want you to go around going, don't mind me. I'm just fasting. <laughs> like that's what he doesn't want you to go around. Whereas like where people are like, I get it. But like there might be people you kn like know and will keep you accountable. And you say, hey, just help me out with this. Just keep me accountable because I want to do this. And then... You're going to go into it, combing your hair, smiling, and just going, God's got me. Because it's not about me, it's about what he's going to do in me. But here's what I'd also say about for some people who maybe they've never done it beyond a corporate setting. I wouldn't start with 40 days. That's just my opinion. 
The Holy Spirit leads you in that direction, go for it. But for some of us, we can't last 40 minutes sometimes. So I would just try small at first. Maybe do a day, 24 hours, with devices or removal things that is beyond food. Maybe do a couple days, maybe do three. You know, the Bible shows there's three, seven, 21, 40 days throughout the Bible where people are fasting. But whatever you're feeling like God's telling you, do it and just have someone keep you accountable in it. But removal is so important. Here's number two. And this is super important because yes, we need to remove, but number two, we need to replace. And this is key because sometimes people fast, but they never replace. You know what that is? It's called a diet. It's called a detox. It's not called fasting. Fasting removes and replaces with the word of God and with connection with God in prayer. That's what it is. It's to have that spiritual reset needed to regain healthy focus. So we, re- we need to remove it with prayer and his word. I love it when Jesus was tempted for 40 days. Uh, no, he fasted 40 days, then he was tempted afterwards. But I love what the enemy says. The first thing he ta- tempts him with is he tells him to turn the stone into bread. And here's Jesus' response. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, Jesus answered, it is written... Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what I love also? If you read Matthew 4, it says that Jesus fasted for 40 days and then he was hungry. I'm like, what? How is, what? How is that? Well, he is the son of God. Maybe that's how he did it. But here's the reality. I I heard a preacher say this this week. When you fast right, it's not that you're removing food, you're replacing food. I was almost through my phone. I saw it on, on uh, social media. I was like, you better stop. But that was a reality. That's what fasting is. And that's why Jesus says, man doesn't live on bread alone, but the very words that come from God. So when I am removing, I am replacing with just his spiritual food. And that's why being in his word is so important. Being in prayer is so important that when those hunger pains come and when those desires come, it shouldn't trigger us to complain. It should trigger us to go to him. That when we feel that, that should remind us, I'm fasting because I want to get connected with God. I want to be intimate with God. I want to depend on God. I need clarity from God. So I'm going to go to him in these moments. And here's the thing. The Bible says we get to complain to him. God, I don't like this, but I like what you're doing. I really miss things, God. I miss that a lot, but I love you. And it's just simple, honest prayers in those. But that's what we need to do. Because sometimes what we'll do is we'll remove and we'll replace with things beyond his word and prayer. So, okay, I'm going to remove this and I'm going to keep myself busy by going outside, by watching Netflix. I'm just going to keep myself busy. I just got to not focus on it. No, 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 no. The focus should redirect. That's what it's supposed to do. In those moments when you are focused, you go, okay, now that's a reminder that I need to go to him. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and say, yes, draw near to God. Come close to him because he wants that. So, so that spiritual reset is removal. It's replacing. And then number three is we need to reflect. Here's what I mean. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, there's a story of Samuel confronting the Israelites. And he tells them, hey, you guys are serving a lot of gods that's not the true God. And God needs you to stop. And so the people listen. And it says in the scripture that they removed the false gods and they said, all right, we're going to serve the only God. But then this happens in verse six, which I love. It says, when they assembled to Mishap, 
They drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day, they fasted and there they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as a leader of Israel in Mishap. So I love that. As they fasted, there they confessed. Because it can be so easy to remove things on the outside, but not allow God to transform us on the inside. See, the people of Israel removed things on the outside, but when they had that connection with God, what happened is it got them to a place of repentance. Where they said, yes, God, we did this, but God, I want you to know from the inside, I'm sorry, and I confess, and I repent, and I turn back to you. So that's what's going to happen when you remove and you replace. You're going to have moments of reflection, moments of stillness, where you're still before God. And you say, God, I want to hear you. God, I want you to search me and know me. I want you to, to transform me from the inside out. And so as we're getting into his word, as we're getting into times of prayer, those times of stillness and reflection will come. That's why, why in Psalms 46.10 it says, Be still and know, meaning recognize, understand that I am God. I will exalt among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So we need to have moments of stillness. We're not just in those moments of trying to connect with God. We're, okay, I've got to do for God. Okay, i got to do this. i got to do that. There's got to be moments where we stop and we're still. And we allow him through the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to reveal things to us and to even sometimes convict us. Conviction is good, church. It's good for us because it gets us in the direction and path God wants for us. So when God says, I need you to stop doing that, He's not doing it because he wants to make your life tough. He loves you and he believes in you and he has a path for you. And so in those moments of conviction, we shouldn't be in shame and embarrassment, but we, it should cause us to stand up and say, you're right. I'm going go, to stop doing that. I'm going to start doing that. We shouldn't look at God's word and go, I don't like that. If that happens, go, okay, but I don't like my response to that. And God, I need you to change that. That's how we need to look at scripture. When conviction comes, it just gets us in the direction God has for us. And that can sometimes happen in moments of reflection. So to get that spiritual focus we need, we need to reset by just, we just need to have moments of removal, replacing and reflecting. And the question you may ask, well, how often do I do this? Because I just used to do it once a year when the church did it. And that's great too. But there may be moments where God wants you to go beyond just once a year. For some people, it might be once a month. I know for me right now, I feel like God's telling me every first three days of the month, I'm going to fast. I say that out loud so you keep me accountable. But also, watch, make sure I'm not, you know, whining and complaining out in public, you know. Remind me what, what Jesus said. But those are something I feel like God's saying. For some people, it might just be, you know, what, every once in a while. But if you're needing clarity... If you're needing direction, if you're just needing his, to hear his voice, if you're just needing that connection and that dependency again, then I would say fast, remove, replace, reflect. I guess I could really answer that question with a question. How often do you want to get deeper with God? And if it's often, then we need to often have spiritual resets. I want to close with this. I want to close as we wrap up this series. I was, I was thinking to myself, 
If I had to do an elevator pitch for this series, if I had to, if someone said, all right, what, what is margins all about? If you could break it down into just one phrase, what would it be? And I, I remember when I asked that question, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me an answer so quick, like quicker than anything else. And it's just four words. You ready? I think if we were to wrap this series up, it would be make time for God. That's it. Make time for God. Meaning don't make excuses and don't find time. Make time for God. James 4 says it, come close to God. So there's a moment of that I have to, I have to make myself come close to him. Come close to God, but here's what I love. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, your sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. I mean, that's such a perfect picture of our focus. God, I am divided and I don't want to be, so I'm going to make time for you so that my loyalty is unbalanced, that I am more focused on you than anything this world can give me. But here's what I love. When we shift that focus, when we have that healthy eye and that healthy heart, it, what God does is he gives us strength and ability to make it through this world to make a difference, to be the light of the world, to be that lamp. And that's why Sabbath needs to be important, that we need to make time to give him a 24-hour period of just devotion because that's making time for God. That's why we need to look at our day and say, am I putting God at the center of all things? Am I loving him with all my heart? Am I loving him with all my soul, all my mind, all my strength? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? Because when I do that in my day, I'm making time for God. That's why I need to put him first before anything else. I need to make him a priority. I need to make him essential because that is making time for God. And when we shift our focus on the things of God and having the heart that God wants us, that is, we do that by making time for God. And James, he shows us again that when we make time for God, it unlocks the power of God. Here's how I know. James 5, verse 17 says, Elijah was as human as we are. We could stop right there. Let's just sink, let that sink in. Elijah was as human as we are. He was not special. He did not have superpowers. He did not have the hair of Samson. He was as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly, when he made time for God, when he went after him again and again and again, when he kept praying, even though he didn't get the answer when he wanted it. It says when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed, when he went after him, when he made time for God, when he made God a priority, when he moved and removed and replaced the things in his life. It says, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. When you make time for God, we unlock the power of God that cannot be replicated. And we as believers need that in our life. We need it in our lives, in our family's lives, in our workplace. 
because we hear in prayer all the time, I'm struggling, I wanna give up, I wanna quit. And that's why we need to make time for God because when we make time for God, when we make him a priority, we unlock the presence and the power of God that can help us and bring us to strength and bring us in the right path in the direction. And here's what I know. When we make time for God and unlock the power of God, it will change your life. But it won't just change your life. When we, as a, a community of believers, say, I'm going to make time for God and I'm going to unlock the power of God that makes no sense, that can't be replicated, watch out because this city will be forever changed. Can I pray with you? Here's another thing that unlocks freedom and a new life, and that's a relationship with Jesus. When sin entered the world, it caused the holy God to be separate from us because he's holy. But the Bible also says that he loved us so much that he gave us his son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that Jesus came and he died and he rose, not just being the, the, the sacrifice of death, but overcoming death and bringing us in right standing with God. And the Bible says that Jesus wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us just to know him. He wants us to be in right standing with him. We want to, he wants to be the center of our life. He wants to be our Lord and Savior. Lord meaning he has control. That he will help you make time and unlock the power of God in your life. And Savior meaning that you are not going to allow your past, your sin, and your shame to not let you walk in freedom. That's what salvation is. So with everyone head bowed, eyes closed, why? Because I want you to have a moment where you ask yourself, do I have a relationship with Jesus? Or do I just believe or think I believe? Or am I just a good person? Because God wants more. He, we, he understands the wages of sin is death. We all have sinned. We've all fallen short. Our goodness isn't good enough. But his relationship will cover us and put us in right stance. So we're going to do one of two things. If that's you and you're saying, you know what? I want to go beyond believing. I want to go beyond just being a good person. I do want him to be my Lord and my Savior. I want him to be in, I want to be in relationship with him. We're going to do one of two things. In a moment, we're just going to have you raise your hand and look at me. And as a church together, we're going to say a prayer. Now, this prayer for some of us is going to be a reminder of who God is and what he's doing in life. But for some of us, it's going to be a prayer that sets us free that makes us a new creation like the Bible says. So if that's you and you're saying, I've never done that, but I want a relationship with him. I want him to be the center of my life. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Can I just have you lift your hand real quick and look at me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep, I got you too, yep, got you, thank you. Over there, yep, I got you, thank you. Thank you, I love it. I was reminded last week, it doesn't matter the timeline or age, that God will, thank you, over there, yep. That God will speak to us and say, I want to be in your life now. All right, church, can we say this together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life change me. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I love that a lot of you made that decision for the very first time. And I do believe that God is gonna begin to transform you from the inside out. But really it's step one of what the decision you made and we want to help you. So if you could please fill out that card in your seat pocket in front of you or scan the QR code and, and just check that you're choosing to follow Jesus. We wanna help you on your Jesus journey. We wanna take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. So we'd love for you to get a Bible, to download the Bible app. We'd love to talk to you about prayer and just being in God's community. And that's really the biggest thing that will help you as you mature in your faith is that you're in a community of believers, that you're going from, from just attending to connecting. And, and what I love about this church is we do go beyond Sunday because community is important. So yes, we want you to be here on Sundays and be a part of community with our serving teams and different ministries we have available in that. But we have women's Bible study on Mondays, men's Bible study on Tuesdays. Your youth can come on Wednesdays and every other uh, Thursday, your young adults can come. There's so many opportunities for you to be in community and to grow in your faith. But also today uh, during our second service, we have a class called Foundations. And Foundations will just teach you what just happened in your life. Okay, I'm a believer now, now what? And it goes through the foundational things that you need to walk through in your faith. So I think it's super important. I'd love for you to be a part of that. You can go to our exchange lounge. You can meet some of our team there and just connect there and, and learn more about the decision you just made. Can I pray with you one more time? So maybe you're here, you're saying, no, oh, I am a Jesus person, but I want to make time for God. I haven't made time, I've made excuses. I've, I've, I've made reasons, but I need to make time because I need the power of God to move in my life and the lives of others. I want to see this city change because they're, we're going beyond religion and checking boxes. We want to see God move. So if you're in here and you're saying, I don't want to just make excuses. I want to make time because we need to see the power of God move. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hands real quick? So Lord, as hands lifted eye and surrender, we pray, Lord, Lord, that we would not just talk the talk, but we would walk the walk and say, God, starting today, I'm making time for you so that I can unlock all that you are in my life. And I pray, Lord, that there would be testimonies that would come out of this, testimonies of freedom, of, of addictions falling off, of mindsets being changed, of directions being changed. And Lord, that you begin to do something in our lives that cannot just be kept with us, but the people around us will see a real God really living and moving in us. Lord, we believe you're going to change this city in Jesus' name. And we believe it's going to happen by people who have made a decision that I am making room, that I am making time for God to do whatever he needs to do in my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us this week. Follow our other podcasts so you can be updated when new episodes are released. We have a wide variety of podcasts to choose from. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.